welcome to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with a guest. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse, and today, rising from the ashes, <laughs> Rob! Yes, I have returned. Yeah. So today, we're going to be talking about my favorite, my favorite cosmic force that pretended to be a woman for years. <laughs> the phoenix i you know what i do have to say i enjoyed it uh when uh magnetic attraction pretend to be a woman and uh, physicists really didn't know what to say about it yeah like like you think that magnetic attraction uh-huh would be more popular <laughs> no 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 phoenix force gets all the attention i know so like he, I mean, like remember, remember when uh, Magneto was trying to date Magnetic Attraction, but then like, <laughs> it, but then the power dynamic was off and it didn't feel right, so they just broke it off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then Magnetic Attraction went back to uh, uh, went back to her her sweet sweet lover. Oh, I don't know enough about physics. All of a sudden, I blanked on it. Damn oh, you! Oh crap! Damn oh, you! Went, went back to went back to her sweet sweet lover Light. Back to her sweet, sweet lover, Light Wave. And, uh, you know, Light Wave kind of ran ACDC because he wasn't sure if he was a wave or a particle. But, uh, you know, he's a particle that acted like a wave, so you know, he could do whatever he wanted. Yeah, so Phoenix Force. Phoenix Force. Not yes. just a uh, name of a G.I. Joe offshoot. Phoenix Force. <laughs> <laughs> definitely is it's like the cobra commander learned how to splice the dna of fire into soldiers <laughs> we guys we're running out of ideas what are we gonna do phoenix force they and, and guess what their base located in phoenix arizona writes itself but the thing is i would totally watch that gi joe cartoon <laughs> i mean or movie ci cgi movie where it's just like <laughs> phoenix force it's just half fire soldiers and when you shoot them with lasers they raise from the ashes yeah every every episode they die and then come back at the end it's like voltron you know every episode voltron's got to do his voltron thing and come together it's uh every episode has you know last five minutes they die and then they come back to life and uh, defeat the bad guys yeah so yep that's that's our uh, that's the end of Phoenix Force. We All right. Well, thank about you, everybody. Um, thanks for joining us tonight. And um, wait, wait, wait. Doesn't Jean Grey come into this somehow? Uh, I don't know. I think it has uh, like the only interesting trait she was given for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> to was, this day. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much was. Yeah. She had a uh, cosmic entity inside her, or she was a cosmic, or the cosmic entity was disguised as her i guess is what it actually well, okay. was well first first let's go through a couple things yeah yeah we'll get into the nitty-gritty yeah let's get in let's get deep into the phoenix force here okay so the phoenix force first showed up in greater love hath no x-men and this is a this and it's issue number one of the X Men in August nineteen seventy six. It was after the Giant Size X Men. Okay. It's also one of the last appearances of Peter Corbo, which is <laughs> we'll talk about him a little bit later. Wait, no, no, wait, no, why does that sound familiar? I know Peter because Corbeau. he is the solar physicist UN ambassador, and yes. like, like he like the best soldier ever. I mean, yes. sailor ever, and. He's super smart, and he's an astronaut as well. Oh, gotta love um, it. Yeah, and he's kind of just gone out of history. <laughs> but, poor, poor Peter Corbeau. But but uh, but this was one of the first issues that Chris Claremont wrote for X Men. So he and had we'll just this go idea. over. Yeah, so we'll just go over the uh, just the story. All right, I'm of in. it of just this issue, and then we'll kind of get into the not necessarily nitty gritty, but the over just everything about Phoenix. All right. Well, but what so the X Men battle battles what appears to be their predecessors until Wolverine discerns the truth. Ah, and to the shock of his uh, teammates, disemboweled Marvel Girl to reveal her to be a robot. That's uh, shocking. So Lang, who I don't remember who Lang is, but probably a previous villain from the previous thing. Lang, <laughs> yeah, not Scott Lang, but probably someone else. Just bemoans. Lang. Yeah, he bemoans the defeat of his ex-Sentinels before 
recounting the origins of Project Armageddon to his captors. Okay. And giving Proj- All right. Yeah, so I'm guessing it has something to do with Armageddon. Uh, <laughs> giving Cyclops to escape Lang's negatube. Negatube! <laughs> that uh, sounds like a terrible streaming service. <laughs> negatube. It's the opposite of a tube. It's just open <laughs> air. <laughs> You're trapped in a negatube. Well, I guess I'll go downstairs and get a sandwich, because... <laughs> Seems pretty easy to move around here, so we, whatever you say, guys, I'm in a negative. <laughs> you guys over there, the tubes, well, you have it You have it way easier than me. I'm in the negative. <laughs> you know, I Cyclop escapes and frees the other captors, and then Lang aboards, aboards a one-man gunship and attacks Cyclops while the other X-Men dispatch the rest of the X-Sentinels. Okay. Marvel Girl manipulates gunship control causing it to spin out of control and ironically uh lang pleads with the x-men for help before the gunship crashes and explodes seemingly killing him huh the x-men and corbeau head back to the star Corps shuttle however there's a tear in the hole ah. yeah and the the flight control of the computer is damaged and their re-entry path takes them through a dangerous solar flare. <laughs> so it's just kind of a lot of stuff. Very, very fantastic four of them. Okay. Marvel Girl volunteers to manually pilot the shuttle, absorbing Corbo's knowledge of the shuttle piloting in hope of her telekinesis can protect her. Her teammates and Corbo, safe in the shuttle's shielded life cell, she, she began a perilous course back to Earth. However, with 28 minutes uh, of left to get to Earth's atmosphere, her telekinetic shields fail, and she's bombarded with solar radiation. So, if you know anything about the the, the ending of this, Marvel Girl did not die. Right. Uh, What happened is, whenever that happened, she basically made a pact with an ancient space god. Right. (laughs) The Phoenix. The Phoenix Force. Yeah. Wait, when was the first issue that Chris Claremont wrote? Give me a moment. I'm going to find that. It's one of the first important ones he wrote. This is but, no, but, but she made a but she made a pact with uh with the Phoenix Force and became its vessel. And right. then that began the Phoenix Saga. Yeah, which is which is, you know, still still pretty awesome. You know, that was a classic. That's what made the X-Men the X-Men, really. Well, that's pretty much what brought it. Well, that's the thing that kept it being one of the main Marvel comics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was in that was a pretty exciting thing to read. People were into that and, you know, played a part in like the Titan Sino uh, crossover. Um it ran through a ton of issues. And, <laughs> you know, and, and it totally defined Cyclops and Wolverine to a certain degree and like a bunch of characters for like 10 or 15 years. So the first issue that Chris Claremont wrote of X-Men was issue 94, which right. was immediately after giant, the two issues of giant size X-Men, which okay. retconned a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he started, so it was right after, um, yeah. and then him and Burns work started working together pretty soon after that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And he's had a run all the way leading up pretty much to the end of the eighties. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. No, I, I was there, Jesse. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, because you're an old, old man. I'm joking. I am. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> oh, just but, thinking about the Phoenix Force. Yeah, ah. but the Phoenix Force is. Um, but I think the the best thing about the Phoenix Force is that, um, you know, it brought along like I think eras, like multiple eras of pretty good stories for the most part, but also. Um, the fact that the Phoenix Force, whatever everyone thought it was Jean Grey, was actually uh, the Phoenix Force pretending to be Jean Grey because... Because? She was in a tube. She was in a tube. Back to in tubes. Jam- in the <laughs> She was not in a nega tube, she was in a regular tube. <laughs> She's in a regular tube underwater. Yeah. yeah. And you find and that was, out later. Yeah, and she was just in a... Uh, in, in, just, uh, in Jamaica Bay. 
<laughs> totally negating one of the most important X-Men stories of all time. But that's all right, because, you know, it all it's, worked it's, out. It's it's all right, Chris Claremont. You can retcon your own stuff all you want. <laughs> and, and he did. Pretty much everything. <laughs> every few issues. Pretty much after the end of every major story. Right. He's just like, that never actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was it was never Betsy Braddock. It was a uh, some crazy Japanese lady whose body was taken over by her mind. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. <sighs> so so um so yeah, so what are your general thoughts about the Phoenix Force? Because I think if you've watched any like any X-Men media, they pretty much jump on the Phoenix Force as soon as they can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean um, like like X uh what is what is what was the subtitle for X-Men three, whatever that was. Yeah, they couldn't wait. And even though it, it they barely, barely, barely like hinted at anything weird about Jean Grey, like they had to jump on that. And I aren't they doing this again too? I, they're doing it again. They're doing the Dark Phoenix saga again. <sighs> they don't even do the Phoenix saga. And whenever they do the they they go straight straight to the Dark Phoenix saga. See, that's the thing. It's almost like you need like a trilogy just for that. And it would be better if it was underplayed. But, uh, you know, the Phoenix force, I like the idea. It's, um, pretty cool to have this concept of this, like, you know, ancient force that goes through a galaxy and does crazy things and kills billions of people and, um, inhabits these, these beings, like you can handle the power. So, you know, take somebody like Jean Grey. Um, Who I would argue up to that point, what only real uh, personality trait is that she was the girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Chris Claremont was like, okay, we've got the smart guy. We've got the funny guy. We've got the serious leader guy. And we've got the girl. We're all set. Oh, and we got the rich guy. Cool. All right. We're good. And but yeah, she she never really and her powers her powers were not really that powerful until him too. He like bumped that up big time. Yeah, he he made her one of the the more powerful mutants. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I mean, because she could handle this, like Professor X couldn't handle the Phoenix Force. He tried to get it out of her, and like that that couldn't even work. So technically, she was one of the most powerful. Yep, and it kind of boosted it kind of boosted her up from. Well, again, the token girl on the team too. Well, technically, not even the token girl on the team. The te- token uh, cosmic force pretending to be the token girl <laughs> on the team. Yes. <laughs> well, and let's let's give dude. Let's give it. Um, let's give the Phoenix Force some due. It gave her finally a much better code name. Way better than Marvel Girl. Marvel Girl, or as she's perpetually known oh, now, Jean no. Grey. Poor. <laughs> Still, I mentioned this. I think I mentioned this every time I'm on the show. The freaking X Men cartoon where you're watching the credits and you're like, "Oh, look at all these cool guys!" And then it's Jean Grey. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I, I think I think in X Men Evolution, like they're just like, "Why don't we give you a different name?" It's just like Grey Jean. It's like like Kitty Pride had like they you know they kept trying different names with her. She had like four names before they settled on one and. Jean Grey just went the other direction, but Phoenix was cool, and Phoenix's outfit, or whatever, her X-Men suit was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was like, it had like the Phoenix flare, or oh, the and Raptor flare, oh, and it had that sa- Oh, Yeah, it was pretty good. That's rad, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's a good, uh, solid costume, and, and then the whole power, too, with the, with the, you know, kind of energy wings and stuff. It had a good look to it, so, you know, they brought something to it and i'm sure part of it was john byrne too doing the art but like that was there was something much more visually interesting and suddenly you're like oh Jean gray and then of course it turns out not to be Jean gray but whatever and then i mean it does and this goes past the um the books that we're talking about now but you have the whole uh what's her face other uh, summers rachel rachel, rachel yeah. summers or rachel gray yeah rachel on. uh rachel from you know in excalibur and everything and that was you know they did some interesting things with that too never i think amazing but some some interesting things with that too but so out of all of the x books that were going concurrently in that time at least like in the you know like 80s and stuff mm-hmm. i think excalibur was the most interesting it took it took the most 
challenges. Like, or tr- it, like it, it took like the it went out there. Like it really because n- number one, it was British, so like they were trying to be a little more different, and so they had very and, and it had that whole multi dimensional aspect built into it because that's how it starts off. And so they were trying a lot more. It wasn't just like okay, we're oppressed mutants, and now we got to fight the other oppressed mutants who are bad and this or that but like Excalibur was going for it it was weird and that that was that was pretty cool and it stayed weird it stayed weird all the way through until it became basically just a rip another thing that was X-Men yeah yeah and you know again the the, the X-Men got so big that they had to turn everything into you know another X-Men and probably guest starring Wolverine every episode but uh or every issue but um yeah, they, they, so the Phoenix Force had some, you know, it went way past that original story, and it still comes back constantly. And does she have it? Does she have it now? I don't honestly she, know. There, I think there's currently, I think it, the last event that they did, okay, um, which was a few months ago. Now their event now is just like, hey, Rachel. <laughs> I mean, Kitty Pride and Colossus are finally going to get married, but she got cold feet, so now it's Gambit and rogue getting married I, no. think that, I think that was the last thing also don't marry gambit he's literally sleaze incarnate gambit is the worst and um and he's just gonna he's just gonna cheat on her instantly no, he's no like, good like, for you rogue like, no as, soon, as soon as as soon as he put as soon as the ring was put on his fingers it's like well shari i can't do this really first of all you're killing it on the accent so please continue (laughs) mon cher mon cher mon cher i have a brothel written for me belladonna's back i'm gonna give you back in a couple days see you guys later hey the really weird character belladonna we're just gonna just gonna have a tryst with her real quick uh hope you don't get jealous bye <laughs> uh that is so and, and i i we mentioned this talking before the show but i've been reading some of the old um age of apocalypse stories and rogue and magneto way more interesting than uh rogue and and gambit but at the same time rogue and magneto super old dude Kind yeah, of young no. woman. Jesse, I don't need to explain this to you. Look, he had a new body grown for him. <gasps> oh, yeah, okay. And he's he totally did. young and hot, all right? Jeez. I forgot. He, he, he's, he's been around the turning into a baby and being re-aged <laughs> block a couple of times. <laughs> uh, more than a couple of times, yes. I agree. He, uh, I mean, because they, they, they want to keep that original origin story with world war two so badly that they've got to like keep shoehorning something in every few de- every decade i know i brought this up multiple times but i love that part of his legal defense like in one of the bigger oh that's events. uh issue 300 i think or yeah, yeah 200 or 300 yeah yeah, was, yeah yeah is this like well technically i was turned into this baby by a by a rogue god like creature named the stranger right so i'm not the same guy yeah, would you, would you blame a baby? Because <laughs> I'm basically a baby. I'm technically only a few years old. I was just aged to look like this. Oh, it's a, it's a hey, gotta admit, solid defense. <laughs> it's a defense that you can tell in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> and the jury was like, you know what? You seem all right. Sure, you've got a giant M on your costume now. That that seems about right. Oh, I'm glad he got rid of that costume almost immediately. That was the worst costume. But but like that was right before uh, Professor Xavier is just like, well, I'm I need to make out with a bird girlfriend. I'm gonna just fake my death and go off into space. Hey, Magneto, <laughs> look after these kids. Make that, sure two of them doesn't die under your watch specifically. It made that turn of like. It's suddenly you're in charge of the X-Men Magneto is so makes like it's so clumsy. It's so weird because he goes from like his, you know, genocidal killer to, yeah, you're in charge. I mean, I've got this guy, Scott Summers, that I've been training with me forever. I've got Wolverine who's like old and, you know, good and battle and stuff. But uh, now I'm going to take my worst enemy <laughs> and I'm going to put him in charge. Everything will be cool. Well, the fact that the fact that like immediately after that, like X Force came out, so we could just bring on like the old guard. Well, actually, no, X Force happened before he left. I think the reason why they became X Force is because Magneto was the leader. 
No, uh, no, it was. So. Wait, what was it? Why was it? No, it was it was New Mutants, and it was still New Mutants back then. So, so, but like, but like, I also like how like Xavier was just like, hey, you know these these teens that never answer to me, and one of them will definitely get killed, maybe pretty soon after another one gets killed. <laughs> um, so take care of these people; they will never listen to you and almost die every time they go out of the place. <laughs> it was. It's. Pretty. I mean, Professor X is the most irresponsible person in the Marvel universe. So, also a thing I need to bring up. So, I may have recorded this after doing a recording for something in the future, which includes the Professor X. Oh, interesting. Because I, I have a, I have, I have a couple new Canadian friends, and now I get to talk to them about how boring Alpha Flight is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, they can't even defend it because it's true. No, one of the people, no, one of them, super gung ho about Alpha Flight. No. By the time I was done talking about North Star, he's just like, well, he's basically just a template with the power. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but we were talking about, but we talked about Puck. But um, oh sure, the best, the only, the Alpha only good Flight member to come yeah, out the of Alpha, Alpha Flight member. Um, but uh, we did Professor X. Oh, that's good. That's part it's of that. Be a good and one. one of the things that we brought up was the fact that. He's an Omega-level telepath, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he has multiple PhDs. You mm-hmm. know what he could have done the entire time? Because well, because it's also brought up in this. Jean Grey, who was uh, not Omega-level, was able to basically download the intelligence of someone else. Right, right, right. The uh, the uh, uh, shuttle pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cor- Corbeau. Professor Xavier do that? Because he could have. He could have done it to like half the population of the Earth, I guess. He he's he's he the most have- powerful telepath ever. He could have just gone up to every one of his professors and said, like, hey, I've been here the entire time and my thesis was amazing and walk off <laughs> and they wouldn't know. Yeah, they it- would. They wouldn't know. He could have cheated his way. The- OK, here's the thing that I br- that I'm going to bring up again. Yeah. Any of his accomplishments, I can only take with a grain of salt. Right. Because you don't know because- whether he actually did it or telepathed his way through it. Because he can do that. Yeah. And you know what? If you look at actually the X-Men at the early on, the one who should have been Magneto, should have been the villain, would be the guy with the telepathic abilities. Because it would be just so easy for a trap for him to fall into to be like, oh, you know what? Um, Scott, go go get, uh, down to the 7-Eleven and get me a Pepsi. And Scott would be like, oh, I'm in the middle of something. And he'd be like, go down to 7-Eleven and get me a Pepsi. And then Scott goes. Like, it just would be so easy for him to just take over. And also, I want to point out, he literally made Scott forget about one of his brothers because he <sighs> sent him on a suicide mission. <laughs> don't, don't. No Vulcan here. No Vulcan talk. That's uh, That's just – that is – evil that is so evil that's worse than him having a weird crush on gene gray like like he literally sent a whole team of x-men to die that were friends Mm -hmm. with the children that he raised Mm -hmm. in a pillar military school he made them forget about them even existing yeah yeah because he killed them all with a suicide mission yeah and it's not like vulcan and scott and and alex they had good lives i mean their parents were killed in like the or they thought they were killed at least you know in this horrible accident their mother actually <laughs> then was killed in a horrible way like you know he, they had it wasn't like he it was just he, these people with terrible stories and he's like eh, you know they'll use them as gun fodder it's like, yeah, we're going to sit up against a sentient island. <laughs> well, Jean Grey was involved. So, wait, so technically this fits in. Yeah, no, yeah. No, because Jean Grey was also brainwashed. Oh, wait, but Jean Grey wasn't Phoenix at this point, so no, it but, doesn't no, but Jean work. Grey, but Jean Grey did have all of her, like, psychic blocks in. That's right. That made her weaker. And whenever she strained herself, they did unlock. Well, and then she was able to be a vessel for Phoenix Force. Exactly. And this is where, like, the whole, you know, she's she wasn't an Omega-level mutant. I mean, she she basically became one because she – or she wouldn't have been able to handle the Phoenix Force. So – she No, she always was one. Right. They just – kept her down the man literally kept her down <laughs> the man who was lusting after oh. her when she was 15 oh not cool kept her down it was a different time you know it was uh it was a different before time hashtag me too it was <laughs> it was it was a time where people well, old white men regularly wrote songs about wanting to 
really liking 50 year old girls oh it's uh <laughs> you know david bowie would come out in a kimono and uh everything was cool with it everybody yeah. was cool they were down <laughs> not not cool professor x again, so, again why do all of our x-men conversations turn into how uncool <laughs> professor x is <laughs> because it's he's directly tied into all the bad things that happened to them <laughs> He's so he's either yeah even when he leaves it's like see ya dicks and like <laughs> everything that happens is being the result of him not being there and then he comes back and he can walk and he thinks he's king shit and then it all turns to hell onslaught entirely his fault no, like the fact no like the and also I'm not the one making up that he was lusting after a fifteen year girl and no, onslaught no. they specifically brought that up yes they specifically brought it up and look at Legion Le- the guy basically abandoned his child. It, no, it also, also, that was after, that was after he was just like, oh, I met this other woman, and uh, I'm going to stop being your lover now, and uh, leave you alone forever. Bye. <laughs> it's really despicable. It's despicable. And, like, you know, again, rereading recently Age of Apocalypse issues, like, you're like, yeah, Legion's got a really good point. Professor X is an asshole. Professor X deserves everything that comes to him, including one of the most boring X-Men killing him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The- yeah Cyclops Cyclops was only right in killing him. That's Yeah, I mean, you know, Cyclops was right and uh he had to do what he had to do. And it was the right and, call. Yeah, it was it was the right call, the only right call he made in his entire <laughs> life. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to say that was definitely a better call than abandoning his uh, child I, and mm-hmm. his wife after figuring out his girlfriend that looked a lot like his wife was exactly. found to be alive. Yeah, the whole Madeline Pryor thing, like abandoned her. Like, there's a, you know what? There's 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 something in here about Claremont and abandoning children and women. You gotta think about mm. this. Maybe something I don't know enough about his life, but I think that might actually be tied because it shows up so much. I mean, now Magneto is actually a better father than Professor X. Maybe I need to look at a Claremont. Maybe we <laughs> like his stories more. <laughs> this is this is we're going down another level here. Like, there's a lot to be said about what the hell Claremont was thinking. I want to know his life story. I want to know exactly what happened when. I want to know when divorces happened. I want to know when he broke up with his girlfriends, and I want to know what issues were came out three months later. Like, that's <laughs> what I want to know. <laughs> it's going to explain everything about the X Men. <laughs> I feel I feel like we kind of talked our way around the Phoenix Force, but for the most part, like it's in a million different stories. Yeah, like I think on here it showed up in at least a thousand issues. Oh, and it's uh, in a ton of one if what if issues even. Um, yeah, what if issues? Also, there's a ton of people who got the uh, got the Phoenix Force as well, which I'd like to talk about some of them. Actually, all right, I'm in. So, um, uh. I remember when my high school volleyball coach got it. It was it was a bad month. Yeah, yeah. Your high school volleyball <laughs> coach was just like, "Hey, stop, stop messing around!" And then the Phoenix flare went up, and it's just like, "Okay, I'll, I'll do, I'll do my practice." He killed half my history class by accident. It was, uh, like, you know, it was not. It was a rough again, a rough like, time. I, I heard that your your uh, your volleyball coach went off into space and ate an entire planet <laughs> just because. Yeah, and you know what 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 does that fall under? Like, how are you gonna? How do you persecute them? There's no laws against that. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, well, who else? Who else? So one of the first people was a was a uh, Shi'ar person. Okay, I like the Shi'ar. Whose name is they got feathers. Sure. I'm sorry. What? Rook sure. Rook sure. Sure. One of the first Phoenix Force. He only possessed it for a couple of days. Okay. But he managed to destroy a couple of planets because that's what you do when you have the Phoenix Force. <laughs> you destroy planets. Um, and, but he was, uh, but then he was hunted out by the Imperial Guard. Oh, lo- and, okay. I love the Imperial Guard. So and, that's cool. And the thing is, is he was, he was using the Phoenix Force through a sword, basically. Oh, so it didn't burn him out because he yeah. he had it. It yeah. he funneled it through something. Yeah, and a little pe- a little piece of the Phoenix Force remained inside the sword. Sure, which meant that if you have the sword, you can kind of control the Phoenix Force. Mm. 
Phoenix which Sword. Could only, which could only... Which Phoenix Blade. Fe- um, oh, Phoenix Blade. Even yeah. better. Which could only be controlled by people in his bloodline. Oh. Which is Corvus, who I'm sure popped up in at least a few issues okay. of X-Men. He did. He had uh, the sword oh. and became one of the other people who managed to get the Phoenix Sword. I mean, Phoenix Sword and then... Uh, then he, you know, had the Phoenix Force. For and how many planets did he destroy? No, he. This is actually fairly recent. Like he wore the Kings, which was in like two thousand six. Oh, I say. with uh, Black Bolt and yeah, um, Namor and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Really good, like really good Cosmic Marvel. If you want to read that, like if you want to read read good Cosmic Marvel, read like War of the Kings and Realm of the Kings. Okay, I have it on my um on my Kindle because I bought it on one of those crazy. Amazon sales, um, and so I will. I will cue that up. Also, I might have you back to talk about the Star Jammers because I just really want to talk about Chaode with you. <laughs> I will. I want Star Jammer so badly now. Like this is because Corsair is. Uh, oh, well, I already talked about Corsair because that was in the seats. It's okay because I will talk about him. I will force it into any conversation about the Star Jammers. <laughs> but um because it's a g- but, great name, first of all. Star Jammers, there's nothing better than that. <laughs> Star and, and, Jamming. Yeah, also the like both him and the Rachel Summers lost connection with the Phoenix Force around mm. that time. Okay. And that was whenever the Phoenix Force was like for a free for all. Cause like, then you had like the, uh, the Stafford Cuckoos had the Phoenix Force for a little bit. Mm. And, uh, Madeline. Well, wait, uh, wait, who else? Um, Marvell. Oh, wait, Actually, Genus? Was that Marvel? No, no, no. Marvel. Marvel, okay. as in the Cree the soldier. One. Got it. Yeah, who died of cancer. cancer. He was actually resurrected by the Phoenix Force. So, and then probably died again. Not in that story, but I'm sure later yeah, on he died again. That's kind of and, his thing. <laughs> he dies. Yeah, and then, and then my favorite because there's like I think three uh, Phoenix Force people on Earth at any time. Oh. I think that was what the thing. Oh. And my one of my favorite was Quentin Choir. Oh, uh, that's Kid cool. Omega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Quentin Choir. He's just a super, super smart and just like kind of punk rock dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I remember him from um, Morrison's original run. I didn't, I did not read the later stuff where he got the Phoenix Force, but that actually sounds pretty good. He doesn't get it a lot. Um, just gets a little but, piece, but he gets he gets it sometimes and. Uh, Whenever he gets it, he also he messes a lot of things up. Of course, as one does. Uh, Avengers versus X Men, which I would say is one of the worst crossover <laughs> events that ever happened. Worse um, than Atlantis attacks. Let's be honest. I, it was so it was so bad. I never wanted to read Marvel comics oh, for a couple of years. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. Like it was so bad. That was it. Was that Hickman? That wasn't Hickman. Okay, Who is Hickman? good. I, I, no, that wasn't Hickman. Hickman would have wrote a better story. Yeah, because I, I don't... Who wrote it? I don't even remember. I really hope it wasn't Fraction. No, it. it couldn't have been. I, I mean, really hope. Not that even he's Fair got itself, a... Fraction's yeah, like, got a pretty good track record. Like, like, Fair itself, while it wasn't, like, the most amazing thing ever... Yeah. It was still a pretty fun story. I mean, in Fraction, frankly gets to coast on Hawkman or Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkman. Hawkeye alone, you know? And um and Iron Fist. I mean I Oh man, his Iron Fist run is so good. So good. It's like twenty what, twenty six issues, something like that, maybe a little more. Ah, oh, it's so good. And it's so like you can just read it too. Like if if people have not read it, just get the four or five books that it is and it's so good. Just perfect. And and it will completely wash out the taste of the Netflix series out of your mouth because it's so good. Whenever you bring in the X-Men to the main universe, it almost always goes bad. It's true. It's true. Because, they, you know, they always work best in their own little events and their own little pocket. Like, um, when they try to like house of M and stuff like that, where they try to mix in Avengers and everything else. It's just, it's, it's not as good. I don't know why something about it. Yeah. They, they work best in their own little universe, which is, 
interesting because the movies don't work very well at all, in my opinion. But um, I it, I don't know how they would reconcile it with the Mar- with the Marvel universe, the cinematic universe. So I think it probably the same thing would happen with movies as it does in the comics. It just wouldn't work as well. But Cyclops, Namor, Emma, Colossus. Uh, who's a? It's a Phoenix Five, and I'm forgetting. <laughs> One of them. Namor. No, I already said Namor. Namor could get it twice. I love him. So he could get the the Phoenix Force twice. I'm down with that. I have not seen, I have not read that. No, Ileana. Ileana. Oh, okay. Magic. She's magic. In one of the times when she's alive. Yeah, one of the times she's alive where she's not turned into a child. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's, see, again, there's, there's books to be written about that. That is a, um, that is a weird thing. Yeah, but uh, but they all get the Phoenix Force for a little bit. Okay. Um, apparently, Professor X for a short amount of time had the Phoenix Force. See that that kind of makes sense. Like I would imagine the Phoenix Force moving on from from her to the person with the next most psionic powers. I get it. And uh, and uh, Thane, which is Thanos's brother. Wait, Thane? I mean, not that means Thane as in his son. His son. I did yeah, not son. know Thanos had a son. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, he became. He had the Phoenix Force for a little bit. Huh. And this was in. Uh, this was, I think, in the Infinity. Uh, Infinity crossover where, before uh, Thanos, when Thanos was, because uh, like the Avengers were off planet. Okay. Doing um, Hickman stuff. Okay. Uh, and. Uh, Thanos is just like, well, this is the time I take out the planet Earth. <laughs> nice. That makes sense. Hey, the yeah. opportunity knocks. You, you take that opportunity. And if anyone does, that's Thanos. That's that's awesome. And he, he gets uh he gets the Phoenix Force for a little bit. Okay. And he also gets cosmically powered by the Black Vortex, which is again one of a just a really bad crossover. The Black Vortex. that one I don't know. That one, I that, don't one know. that was that was when uh, Bendis was doing. Oh. It was I think it was a year before Civil. Was it Secret Empire or Civil War Two? Civil War Two, um, where Bendis was doing the architect of the Marvel universe. Yeah. And he was just like, hey, why don't I just get a bunch of people who I like involved in this story where it's basically just every X Men crossover event all at once, all at once. He has this like, oh, someone gets cosmically powered. And they just do this for all. Of, oh my god! I I I like I like a lot of Bendis's work, but I don't think he. Um, I don't think he's doing. I don't. I think he's gotten worse. Yeah. The more power he gets. Well, and I think yeah, the bigger his ideas get, it actually hurts him. And and I think it it kind of because he started off with really good small stories. And I'm going to and I'm going to give him a look because I do bash on him a lot yeah. i'm gonna give him some things he did a really good job with like dark avengers and stuff like that he did a really good job with yeah, um, that could have gone really really badly it could have been really bad I but agree. like he was he was the one who got it to where it was and it was pretty good and um he's doing he did good work well, don't get me wrong and i mean I'll, i still love the first i don't know 60 some issues of ultimate spider-man which i think are fantastic i did i did not read i did not get up to miles morales so unfortunately i missed that but um like, the miles okay the miles era yeah. was really interesting because like you get you know you get a lot of like interesting like ultimate universe stuff but it was towards the end of ultimate universe yeah the ultimate universe before they did like new 52 when they're just like hey just do whatever. Right. Well, the uh, super racist, weird, militaristic, fascist Super America, um, Captain America, became president. Hydra took over half the country. <laughs> uh, and I think AIM took over part of it. And his father was like, a, it's worth reading because I love it whenever people are just like, hey, this is ending, but we still have a contract. So do whatever you want. <laughs> I got to read like the last year of uh, Ultimate the, the last yeah. year, The last year of ult- the Ultimate Universe is bonkers. <laughs> and honestly, if they just kept at that pace being for like five more years, I would say it's probably a bit better than mainstream Marvel at that point, at, at least at the time that it was going out of style. I, and that's something that, see, that's a place where I would support Bendis kind of 
controlling what happens, the overall flow of that story. Like he got the ultimate universe in, in a way that like some people didn't. Also tying this back directly to Phoenix, because we're still on we're not doing general atomic comic talk. We're clearly just talking about Phoenix. Um uh his ultimate I mean his uh, Mighty Avengers run. Uh, after Civil War, yes. where like it was like a Secret Avengers team. Yep. Uh, basically, it was not Secret Avengers, but it was uh, under. See, there's a Secret Avengers team, so I just can't say Secret Avengers team. No, uh, it's like the underground the Avengers team. Yeah, like they, well, there's there's probably an underground Avengers team coming out next. <laughs> next See, month. I wouldn't be surprised. And I, if you haven't listened to my Mole Man episode. Oh. <laughs> I love Mole Man Mole now, Man. after looking at his history. He's got an amazing... I did, actually. I've listened to that one, because Mole Man is a particular favorite of mine, because his he's story so is so good. pathetic that it's no, amazing. No he's, no, he's so good, though. As yeah. a character, Like I would love a Mole Man story where we're just underground yeah. in subterranean. He's got a whole kingdom, and you know, it, it, he just kind of hangs out and does his thing. There could totally be an underground Avengers... But but speaking of but like but uh because he because Bendis he has characters he likes and he only brings those in oh, always sure. um one of those being Iron Fist yes and so what he did was he tied the Iron Fist directly into the Phoenix Force oh which is why you got That's the not a bad idea well, look, it's not a bad it's not a bad idea in fact one of the wielders of the Phoenix Force was a Iron Fist. Who yeah. used the power of the dragon to kind of channel to the channel energy it, and control stuff. it? Yeah, which is, yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, which is interesting. But, but like he he only ties the stuff he wants together, and then he's just like, I don't care about anything else. I'm just going to tell this the story I've been telling myself since I was a child. Yeah. And one of those stories is is uh, is Kitty Pride kissing me. So I'm just going to make <laughs> so I'm just going to make a Star Lord me. <laughs> And Kitty Pride, someone kissing oh, me. I read those. That was weird. That was because there's not two characters where you're like, oh, you know what I've always wanted to see in a comic book together? Star Lord and Kitty Pride. It it you could tell the entire time he's just like, ooh, yes, kiss me. <laughs> Kitty Pride, kiss me. I mean, just like you could always tell whatever a person is writing about like their childhood comic book. Oh, well, crush. Joss Whedon, I mean, right there, like clearly. Like just wanted to write a Kitty Pride comic book when he did the X Men stuff. Like, yeah, it, like, and since everyone had a crush on Kitty Pride, it always has this weird energy where it's just like, yes, kiss this version of me, yeah. please. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> or no, you can't be with Cyclops. He's just not right for you, Kitty Pride. I'm I'm the one for you. Yes, this person who talks exactly like the main character in all of my books <laughs> talks. Not Star Lord. I said Cyclops. I said I meant Colossus. But um, Colossus. Yeah. I was going to skip over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't. I had to take myself to task. Damn it. I, I, I knew what you meant, and I moved on like a good person and not like a pedantic Ooh, can, asshole. Can you imagine how bad <laughs> Kitty Pride and Cyclops as a couple would be? Oh, oh my deadly. god! Well, first off, first off, like she would immediately dump Cyclops because he's a boring asshole. Just- deadly oh boring 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 and even she's like nah nah wouldn't happen wouldn't happen i just realized this cyclops spent years just kissing a, a two clones of his girl yeah wait <laughs> wait, wait, wait. two Gray. clones we have madeline Pryor and phoenix oh and phoenix too you're right two fake gene grays like he just has a thing for fake Jean Grey. Oh, redheads, you know. I mean, it's, well, redheads. it's a common no, they're thing. Fake, uh, they're fake Jean Greys because, like, he specifically dated Badlin and married her because he reminded her so much of Jean Grey. Yeah, that's because she's uh, a clone of Jean Grey. That's that. Had Madeline Pryor been a real person, that would have been the like most pathetic story ever because he just married her because she reminded him of his Jean Grey. That's sad. That's sad. But she wasn't real, so, you know, it's all good. And that brings us back to one of my favorite characters, X-Man. Um, when he knew Madeline Pryor, um, it was just that 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 is that is stirring comic book reading. So everybody, please go out there, read as much X-Man as you can, because you do you cannot find a better character. 
like X Men, and we're not talking about X Men. X Man. X Man. He had. Wait, wait. I know he had a run of his own. I forget how long it was. Though. I, I, I believe I have those issues in my basement. Um, I am not proud of this fact, but I think it was like twenty six issues, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, he had so many issues. What? No, I refuse to believe this. How many was it? Seventy six. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Well, part of that was the Counter X Warren Ellis stuff. I don't know how long that lasted, where they tried to tried to make him more well Warren Ellisy. Um, Actually, no, wait, no, this is straight through. No, oh, this really? is my worst nightmare. This is straight through. There's no break in this. <sighs> it's like this is month to month. Not a ton of that is Howard Mackey and. Like making okay, him friends so, with Spider-Man and oh why do I know all this? Stop it. Get it out of my brain, Jesse. <laughs> Get it out. So so like from nineteen ninety seven oh. to two thousand and one. Oh. He had a straight ongoing issue just all the way through. Like no no breaks. Yeah. Just ongoing, and I bought them. This is this is for seventy for seventy six. I I feel like this is a support group, and I'm here to admit that I I read those issues, seventy six issues. How how I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how? they can't they can't keep like. There, this hurts. This hurts my soul. I would. I would rather have a Silver Sable issue series for that runs for that long than an X Man. I don't even know how I got on X Man. Oh, Madeline Pryor, right? But you know, I. It's just. Well, I think Jesse, you're underplaying that when you have a treasure of a character like X Man, <laughs> you have to give him that many issues to develop such a great character. Like what? How? Like. I thought it was just like a year's worth. No, no, it went on. And he battled Dark Beast a lot. Remember Dark Beast? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's like if Beast was a fascist. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was just <laughs> he was just bad beast. That was it. Like like okay, I'm this actually hurts me <laughs> as a person who thought he knew everything there was to know about X Man, and knowing that there's like three years <laughs> worth of more X Man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to live with that now, Jesse. So you're going to have to just to adapt and uh, take that into your life. It's fact. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Okay. By the way, I'd like to apologize to everyone who is not as deeply entrenched in the Marvel Universe as me and Rob. I am not apologizing because they've been introduced to X-Man, the greatest character of all time. So everybody, go out there, go to Comixology, and find the probably one issue that's on sale for that, because it's terrible. But it's awesome, and it's terrible. So, it's that is that is something. So sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. He's also tied to Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, cool. Like Madeline Pryor is a character in, in the first, like, 20 issues. Why do I know this? Stop it. Stop it, Jesse. Stop it. Stop it now. Do you want to start uh, another podcast called <laughs> uh, called um, exer- Excising the Memory of X-Man? And we're just... <laughs> issue by issue coverage of the entire X-Man series. Oh. By the way, I would 100% listen to that. <laughs> If the, you know somebody, I recently made a joke about doing a Punky Brewster podcast, and someone was like, "You should totally do that." And I was like, "I am not watching every episode of Punky Brewster, but I will happily listen to someone else doing that." So, well, no, no that's like that's that's me wanting someone else to do a Street Sharks podcast. I don't want to <laughs> do it. I want someone Sharks. else to do it. <laughs> Dude, Street Sharks gets buck wild. <laughs> Like, but the thing is, I might have to be the one who does it, and it really pisses me off. Oh, you, you, uh, your subscription rate will be amazing. There's got to be at least what four or five other people who are into that. I like it. I like it. So, Phoenix Force, back to Phoenix Force. Um, Phoenix Force is pretty cool, and they're never going to let it die. They're always going to bring it back. It's never going to argue. Phoenix Force, not that cool. 
Well, it's not really a thing, I guess. You're right. It's 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 not it's a really plot that device. Cool. It's not really that cool. Yeah. See, it was a really cool thing up until Claremont himself ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once you Yeah. No, you're right, actually. And so yeah, it's um not that cool. It's not that cool. It's it's one of those things that it's so ingrained in X Men lore that you're like, oh yeah, Phoenix Force, awesome. See, but when in I, reality, I, when you strip it apart, it's there's nothing to it. It's just the I Force. Will, no, I will say though, I feel like my favorite use of the Phoenix Force was in I think it was like issue one or two of uh of Secret Wars. Okay. Where uh, Cyclops, who was in one of the ships that protected him from the world exploding, him and a bunch of other people were just like, okay, we're in Battle World now. What do we do? Ooh, battle Cyclops' world. immediate thing was, I bought a Phoenix egg. I'm Phoenix. Blah! <laughs> and they, the first thing that happens is uh, Doctor Doom, or God Emperor Doom, as he should be known yes. forever from now on. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> um, was, uh, immediately was just like, okay, you're the Phoenix. Now you're <laughs> Doctor Doom is the best. God Emperor Doom. God Emperor Doom. Our God Emperor Doom. Leader I forever. Will, I so here I joked about this as a thing, but I kind of want to do like a Doom cast where I talk about every instance of Doom popping up. Oh, I love it! I'm in there, comics. and I want to be on the Squirrel Girl episode. It, like I want to do that, but he's been in so many comics, I and I don't know if I'll be able to look at. I all know, of them. and sadly, some of them are not great. But uh, a lot of them aren't great because he yeah, showed up a lot in the nineties. That's the problem. I mean, eighties like Fantastic Four. There's usually good stuff. Um, but I'm going to argue that a lot, of, as much as a person, as much as I love the Fantastic Four, a lot of it's not good. Oh, there's a lot of bad. I, I agree entirely, but I love the fact that like the issues where they go to Latveria and. Like, you know, the people love him. I, I love that. I love that idea where it's like they're scared of him and he's an evil person. But like, hey, our lives are pretty good. No, no. Well, first off, they're one of the richest countries in the yeah. world. Yeah. Second off, there's universal health care. Yeah. Universal education. Oh, they get to all the children. All the children are taken care of. Oh, yeah. There's free peasant uniforms for everybody. Like this is a it's a pretty good gig. Und sure, they're under a tyrant, but they're under like a first world tyrant. Like a socialist tyrant almost, yeah. except except they're rich. Yeah. And they spread their wealth around. So they're like an actual socialist. Yeah. It's like it's um I, I, there's something about that that I have always I've always really kind of enjoyed. And but yeah, there's a lot of bad Doctor Doom. But 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 at the same time, like I just want to get to the point where I'm talking about God Emperor Doom <laughs> and just me having like hour long episodes about him being like you should, <laughs> you should just do, you do the Doomcast, but you just do the good issues in order. You skip all the crap, and you just do the awesome stuff, and you get, like, you know, two years worth of amazing, crazy episodes of God em and then lead up to God Emperor Doom, and then, boom, drop the mic, you're done. Wait. Wait, I have a question for you. Before you get to plugs. Yes. Because I've been looking at the comic vibe, uh, just list of x-man uh, <laughs> issues all right i'm ready i'm ready um let's see terry cavanaugh uh howard mackie they wrote some amazing things let's go on go ahead one of these covers is just fetish art and it's just a it's a tiny well of, of course and because it's <laughs> it's a comic from the 90s but it's a giant madeline Pryor, uh -huh. like about to eat a tiny nathan oh, christopher gray that's it, in the teens right or no no this is towards the end oh. this is like 41 oh god i forgot like, she was around that long jesus but but like no it ran 76 yeah, but I, that is that is that is crazy. You're right, but, but like it's it's just fetish art because it looks like he, she he's about to vor she's about to vor him. <laughs> like it's not no, it's not even that. It's like a giantess fetish, giant fetish. Oh, sure, sure, and vor fetish at the same time. It's it's everything that X Man could be. But but so you know how like you know like uh, people like ask their grandma for like a present and like the name is kind of weird, so they get the wrong one. Oh, sure. Do you think there was ever like a person from the let's say uh, ninety five? Mm -hmm. He's super into X Men, 
and and his grandma bought him an X-Man. <laughs> you know that happened. You know that. Or like some guy who doesn't really read, he didn't really read Diamond or whatever. They're like, oh, there's a new X-Men comic coming out? Ooh, sign me up. I am in. And then he gets that and it's like. Let's say it was um, 90, it was March 1996. <laughs> And and someone and their grandma was just like, X man, I think this is what. And she picked up she picked up one of the title like she asked this specifically from the comic clerk and and it's like and he's just like yeah X man, yeah yeah this is all the kids love X man. <laughs> and she and she and she picked up the she picked up the floppy and it was just like and he will deliver from evil. <laughs> This doesn't sound right. He's getting a Bible man comment. <laughs> oh, Willie Ames, you've done it again. Man, like a multiple co- a comics, I mean, podcasts that I listen to have done an issue, I mean, an episode about Bible man recently, and I just love it. Bible man, huh? That's Bible man's one of those things that I think is hard to believe existed now. I think Bible for man, people. Like, from what I get from listening to the episodes, yeah. Bible man is just uh, my first anti-Semitic representation of Jews. <laughs> <laughs> and also my first all black people are really susceptible to sin. Oh, oh, that is because the, because the first three episodes, oh, no. they're all three, all three uh, villains are a very New York Jew. Really? And the person and the person who gets brought in is the young black girl, the only black person in that entire show. Not cool. Yeah, so. yeah Bible Man. I I honestly think people are interested in it because it's just it it's it's a world that people don't realize existed. Like, you know, they I remember back in the nineties they made Nintendo games for with like biblical nintendo games and stuff and i've seen a lot of things recently about them on youtube and stuff because people just can't believe that this existed dude as a person who grew up with a lot of christian media no it gets it goes it goes deep yeah i i i did not so um yeah that's is all so the Phoenix Force um, was an important thing in Christian cinema. <laughs> so the so the Phoenix Force is a lot like Christianity. Ah. It seems cool on the surface, but it's really mostly useless and really harmful. <laughs> perfect, perfect description of both the Phoenix Force and oh, Jesse, 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 love it, love it. So, yeah, we're done talking about the Phoenix <laughs> So, yeah, we have gone on. And um, before we go, I'd like to uh, plug uh, Jesse's Cryptid podcast. <laughs> if you've made it this far, you will probably enjoy his Cryptid podcast <laughs> because you can't get enough Jesse. So please listen to it. Creepy Crawlies. It's great. Yeah, they're wonderful. I think one of the episodes coming out after this, is, I mean, around this time, is just a, a bunch of sad cryptids that cry themselves or swallow themselves to death every time someone looks at them. Aww. That's... Because they're so sad and ugly. Aww. <laughs> which, which is, I would say, stop adding me, world. But... <laughs> <laughs> Don't find me. Please, just, just stop looking for me. I think we've also went on a little bit too long to actually do plugs. Oh, for sure. Just go. People, go about your so business. Please go, go, go live go, your lives. Go. <laughs> like, like, listen to Interrupted Tales. And yes. if you'd like, listen to uh, Creepy Critters. Yeah, listen to Creepy Critters. Uh, listen to Interrupted Tales. Whatever. But go about your lives and knowing that the Phoenix Force is a thing. And, and X-Man ran for 76 issues, which is way too long. Of a, for a person again for a person whose name is X Man, his name is Nate too. Like that's in, in, Nate. Just in Nate. in a world where there is a a world winning, a word winning, also really long running running series of books with X Men mm-hmm. as the title. Mm-hmm. You cannot have a person named X-Man. <laughs> you know someone gave themselves a high five when they were like, I guys, I figured out this new character's name, this clone of Cable. It's, uh, and they were like, oh my God, how have we never thought of this before? And then it turned into total crap. 
for 76 <laughs> issues. And like, not only, it breached into the two, 2000s. Secret Defenders didn't reach into the 2000s. And, and Galore knows that was ran way too long and it was overblown. Oh, that was terrible. Terrible. But, you know, it, it came out during the big boom, and so everyone was buying everything Marvel. But X-Men, no excuse. And that, unfortunately, led to Marvel almost going bankrupt. <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> That's that's a podcast right there. That, that should yeah. But then we got but then we got like Marvel Knight stuff, and then you know we got to where we're at now. But let's let's never forget that as good as some of the Marvel Knight stuff was, and how it led to where we are now, it had that god awful angelic Punisher, <sighs> one of the worst <sighs> worst things that Marvel has done in the last twenty years, easily no. thirty years easily. Don't don't remind me. Yeah. That, yeah. You know what was better? Anything. The time that he died and got turned into Franken Castle. That was better. That was actually really the fun. The time where he got cosmetic surgery and turned himself black. That was better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was better. Yeah. yeah. As you can tell from my paid grunt. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so... <laughs> Yeah, no plugs. No, no plugs, plugs this time. No plugs. We- thank you, Flip. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, thank you. You are a you are a um, a beautiful person, and you should now go up about your business and listen to another podcast. <laughs> yes, please. Cleanse yourself. <laughs> Cleanse yourself. So um, I'm just gonna end this the only way I can. X Men out. <laughs> <laughs>